welcome back to the Writers Advice podcast, everyone. Hope you're having the most magnificent day, night, wherever you are listening to this. I have another fabulous interview for you that I cannot wait for you to listen to. There is so much wisdom in this and I know that you are going to absolutely love it. So I'm not going to take up too much of your time. I want to dive straight into it. But first, I want to thank Booksprout for sponsoring this podcast. Booksprout is your go-to review service if you are a writer and an author and you want to get those really important advanced reviews for your new fabulous work that you are bringing into the world that I highly recommend um, sussing out Booksprout to really help find your readers and your initial community right there. If you are a reader, you can also join and read thousands and thousands of books that are up there before they've even been released. Um, download them straight to your Kindle and simply leave a review once you are done. So thank you, Booksprout. Now, if you absolutely love this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could click follow with whatever app that you're listening in, subscribe so that you get episodes to um, whatever app, whatever favorite listening app that you love to listen to um, straight to your, delivered straight to your app each week. Um, And it also really helps the podcast as well. Or if you could leave a five-star review, tell us what you loved about it. You can also send me a direct message now if you're using the Spotify platform, which is great because I love your feedback. I love your questions. Um, Or share it on your stories. Make sure that you tag me at Olivia Hillier Author. Send me a DM. Tell me everything that you took away from this episode. And most importantly, enjoy it. Enjoy your day and anything that you are creating right now now. All right, I'm going to get straight into this episode. Thanks, guys. Love you. Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back to the Writer's Advice podcast, everyone. Now, I am excited because today I am joined by the fabulous author, Melanie Dufty, the author of I Am Lilith, which, to be honest, there are so many aspects of this that I... I'm just so I'm excited to see where this whole um conversation is going to go because there is so much so many aspects that I want to dive into of how you recreated this story, the original mythology, and then all the aspects that it just brings up of the of of the story itself. But I'm mm-hmm. I really want to know how this came to you because I I think that this is just like such an important story to the world. But I want to go all the way back and yeah find out how you got into writing and and how this story came to be sounds like a plan yeah (laughs) (laughs) so um well there's many facets to it um I I was a professional like business writer um in like I guess the first sort of half of my career and then I um I became suddenly sort of quite very spiritual and became like a professional astrologer but I still was doing writing but sort of going more into doing you know pieces about energy work or spirituality um and just it was through studying like um my fascination with the light and dark that I came to the understandings of Lilith 
that I have. So um, it's just such a fascinating topic, um, I think probably for all writers, like whether it's, you know, in a, a contemporary like romance through to like a fantasy, it's just the themes of light and dark are just endlessly fascinating for us yeah. people. So yeah. I came across this, um, I was really interested in Lilith, um, but I didn't know much about her at that time and you know had just heard the usual things like that she was a demon and or that she was a misunderstood dark goddess and those sorts of things and I was um, studying this astrological model that I'm fascinated with which is called the grand processional cross and it because it offers an understanding of why humans have light and dark um, and oh, wow. it's, it's I the, love this yeah, it's pretty fascinating. So it's based on this 24,000 to 26,000 year uh, cycle, which is indisputably, um, including by, you know, scientists, it is an astronom astronomical cycle. But this model um, by Nick Anthony Fiorenza, who is um, an astronomer and astrologer who has now passed, he actually passed in the week that my book came out and I was, yeah. he's American, I was um, you know, he helped me with a few concepts in there. But the pre the basic premise is that we start in this unified state in this over this long period of time, and then we have a, an era where the feminine is on top, and then that changes to an era when the masculine energy is on top, and then we move from there into a more un into a unification again. So, and that unification is happening now in consciousness in this model. Yeah. But a lot of people with Lilith have heard, you know, that she was the first wife um, married to Adam before Eve and that he insisted that she belonged beneath him, including in sex. And this yeah. is a symbolic expression um, in this model and what I believe and what this book is based on of this shifting of um, the feminine and masculine. Yeah. So it's a whole uh, new take on understanding the relationship between light and dark and the feminine and masculine. Not that one is light or dark. There, it's it's goes beyond that. But that all sounds pretty cosmic and out there, and it is. But this story is, you know, grounded down into the time of the change where Lilith was with Adam, and the flipping of the poles, in a way, occurred. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I love this. I love this because I'm I'm right there with you, and I I don't I don't think it's out there. I and I feel like a lot of oh, people. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, not at all. <laughs> I know I you're a like... star. In... Yeah, I know. Yeah. I've seen that about you. So yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people who uh, listen to this to are, are right on board because I feel like if you are a creative, you know, you it, it, it like it, we all uh, there's a type of you even if you're not call yourself spiritual or you might not be into certain aspects of astrology etc um you know there's still a twinge of that if you're if you're a creative person there has to be somewhere I, I feel like so I feel like a lot of listeners are going to be 100% on board with what you're saying and when it comes to light and dark I think you can name any story and all of it's created around those two different aspects right and I'm with you I'm completely obsessed with like that and I uh, that's the only that's the first time I've even heard of that in depth which I'm so excited to like go and research more myself as well but so the actual I mean I call it mythology but I, I correct me if I'm wrong yeah, yeah. No, that's fine yeah yeah um so the story of Lilith is actually 
attached to what you're talking about. It's like within the times of that whole masculine over. Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. So well, that's the beginning. I love that you said that because it was, I was studying this model. I used to, and um, uh, running courses on it. Like I was, I'm, I'm, I still am to this day fascinated with it. Yeah. And the turning point from the feminine being, the feminine principle being on top to it changing to the masculine was in this model 6,000 years ago. So I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like thinking more and more about Lilith and her being on top or the mat, who's on top and all of this. So I just Googled like when did biblical scholars believe that Adam and Eve existed, if if they did exist. And that doesn't even really matter in this conversation. But like a whole range of like highly esteemed biblical scholars say it was like 6,000 years ago. So when I saw that, I, I was it was all the goosebumps and like the huge epiphany and then it was like that's where it was like I need to communicate this and I thought about doing it in in non-fiction because that's the kind of writing background that I come from like more yeah non-fiction or, or business writing really this is my first fiction and I was like no I'll never it's it had to be fiction because it's such an incredible world like this female ruled world that the book is set in 6,000 years ago um, where, where Lilith in this book is a um, high priestess, uh, pretty much the ruler of all there is. Um, and it's su such a sensual, lavish, like it's just a whole different world to anything that, uh, well, that we've seen for the last 6,000 years when there was this, I think, galactically destined time that the, the masculine rose. It's, so it's all when you really draw the lens out. It's all it's all a perfect part of creation. Even though when you draw the lens in, on many devastating things have happened. Yeah. But the big picture, it's the story of uh, contrast and evolution. But yeah, it's um the myth of Lilith. Um, I've definitely uh, have studied and read a lot about that. And there's a lot of the elements of that have been incorporated into this uh, you know, piece of fiction, fantasy fiction, um, but it's definitely a retelling. It's not the same. Yeah, yeah like yeah. Lilith is good, but she does. she's a very good, powerful, um, amazing woman, but she does fall. But we all fall, don't we? Yeah, We've 100%. all fallen, and there's many more aspects to that that... Um, like in spiritual teachings of her place on like the tree of life versus the tree of death. You know how that's why she's called a demon. There's many understandings of why she's been called a demoness and a vampire that's explained by like deeper spiritual understandings of her. But it's like basically we start in light and unity. We have a human experience through many lifetimes, I believe, where we sink to absolute shadow and then we ascend again. That's the, the nutshell. <laughs> oh my God. I'm obsessed with this. And I love how you like, no, this needs to be fiction because I think that is, that's the ultimate of what all of this is and the ultimate of storytelling, right? Like it's how the idea and the story of Lilith has grown this many years to, to how we talk about it now. And then for you to retell it at this time, which at the same time, I even, I think I even said at the start, I'm like, I think this is like a poign poignant time for this story to be out there. I think that is the ultimate beauty of writing in general and writing fiction but there are so many layers to this and 
I need to know how you were first attacked. Like, how, what was your idea when you were first gonna be like, okay, this is fiction. I haven't written fiction before. <laughs> like, how do you attack that? <laughs> Yes, oh, it's so good to be asked these, these things. Well, um, I felt very unconfident about doing fiction because, yeah, it's. I was like, I didn't think I could do it. So I've got some, in, some well, things other writers may do, I don't know, but that I'll, I can tell you about, such as having a massive stack of free, like, you know how there's, like, libraries everywhere on the street you can just pick up. I'll just get, like, heaps of novels, have a stack this high and just open them anywhere and look at how they segued between sentences yeah like, you do that like is that is that normal <laughs> I feel I, like I learned a lot from just simply doing that yeah 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 well 100% like start starting off reading and being like oh, okay what like or even um I found that when you're first um writing something new it's like learning what voice you're going to be in like if it's going to be like third person or if you're going to write it in first person like all those kind of things to start off with when you're first like working on something it's I think each person has their thing that they naturally guide to but it's also like how is that story best told through you know what I mean oh my gosh I was I absolutely and it was so hard at first it was so hard and I um actually was in a yoga class one day and the teacher were doing that one like trikonasana or something and the the teacher was saying what have you got to say as in like she was inspiring us to really open up our hearts and our chest and she just kept saying what have you got to say so I started doing this kind of prayer affirmation because I didn't I want knew I wanted to express something big but I needed to connect more with it and I just kept saying what have I got to say what have I got to say and then it went into I got some of these ideas and the epiphany and all of the you know all the goosebumps and all of that but then I would sit at the computer it was dead. I just couldn't. It was terrible. I've kept those pages and they're horrific. And there was so there was the, the story hadn't entered the pages. Like it hadn't entered like my. It just wasn't yeah. there. It was dead. And it was yeah. so painful and difficult. And I'm sure other writers can probably relate to that. It felt so bad even talking about it. I'm like, oh. And then I um I talked to my um my spiritual mentor um about it and. She said, look, it's already written. Um, it's like, you you know, and and it encouraged me to, because I, I am into meditation and, like, consciousness yeah. generally, encouraged me to go in the meditation that we do into, like, the higher matrix, we call it, and just say, show me the book, show me the book, and just keep doing it. And I really do feel that it entered, entered my consciousness in, like, like, this sort of a thing, but I didn't have any conscious understanding of what the book was I then had to work really hard to actually write it and have it uh, work with editors and stuff um to make it good but I feel like it did enter as a as a as a ready done thing and that even when I missed big chunks of the story when I went back like when it was amazing help from you know a really great editor um and I had to add in something it was always effortless like uh, like it was always like the space was there for it as if it was sort of was pre-done. Yeah. So it was a mix of hard grounded work like all writers do and like forcing yourself sometimes, well, I did, but really yeah. against huge resistance, oh, my God, um, through to it feeling very uh, blessed and held as well. It was oh, my mix. gosh. Absolutely. Like you just said so much goodness then because you, I think you explained <laughs> it so well where it's like, you know when that idea comes 
comes through to you and it's like, particularly if it's like your first idea and you're like, no, this is like my idea and this is exactly what I have to go to. (laughs) But there's a disconnect between like, okay, it's there and then actually getting it out. And you explain, I haven't had anyone explain it um, like that before. And I'm sure that there's going to be heaps of people listening to this being like, oh my God, I know. And it's like, how, how did it, what was the moments of you like breaking it down? Like, did you like, how does that, how does that start? Well, to be honest, I got so much good help from an editor. So I yep. self-published a book. Yeah. But even before I did originally want, I uh, really want to be published by uh, like a traditional publisher, but I totally moved on from that. Yep. But for a while, I just really wanted that kudos. But uh, even before I tried to uh, start on that process, I invested my own money in getting this amazing editor, Alita Wintenheimer, who's in America. I'm Australian, but I love Americans. And um, yes. oh my God, so good because she helped me with uh, storyboarding. And so I had like this very big picture plot, but I just really needed help. And um, I'm so, and I am a, like I say, a business writer, so I can take a lot of content and break yeah. it down and shape it. But oh my God, I just really needed the help when it came to this. And she was amazing. So I really always say I couldn't, I feel like it, I was meant to work with her, I think. I just don't think I could have done it without that really good editing help. So she just really helped me, like, push Lilith harder, like, what, you know, with um, the the clarity and, and agency that she would have. She also pushed me to go, like, Lilith is known, you know, for her being no stranger to the dark or to some pretty intense themes. And whilst my book stands in light and is written for light and is about unity and truth, that's only exists because of you know having the experience of light and dark so I couldn't shy away from couldn't be all light you know uh so my I I had to push myself uh, particularly on some very difficult scenes where I just feel like I just got help from someone else like it wasn't I needed help and I got help and it it made it I think I still had to do my work myself but you know (laughs) <laughs> but it is a collaborative thing there's nothing there's nothing better like like there's nothing better than an editor or like someone you're working with coming to you and be like it really it's almost like a beautiful like putting something in your face of like you can go yeah. deeper here or you know then yeah. you're missing yeah. something a little bit here like great but there's there's so many more aspects to um explore there as well which I which I yeah. absolutely love now you yeah. also brought up another really good point because um what like you were talking about no I want this out with the publisher I want this out with the publisher and then you're like actually you know what I'm going to own this and I'm going to put this out to the world which I think your marketing is incredible but by the way the cover is beautiful everything that you're doing with it is amazing but I want to know what was that breakthrough as well you're like no actually I really want to put this story out there oh such a good it's such a good question because it was painful and I I'm sure again uh all the writers who are in going through that or have been through that uh, sympathize <laughs> I just desperately wanted to I just desperately wanted an agent I just was obsessed um I probably put out I don't know I mean I started off recording it all um you know when I sent who what but in the end it was just stupid I just kept sending them and gave up on recording it. I, I did not get one personal response I only ever got like uh, a generic response or no response and so that was really painful. And I wonder how long it took when I flogged that horse. 
uh, and um, I fought that horse like hard for about I um I don't know I'm just guessing like eight months or yeah. is coming and then I was absolutely determined and pe- and some people were like no nah, just do it yourself and you know and then I was like no like no I believe in this book I really believe in it um but then I guess at the right time when I was worn down enough someone who uh, was sort of connected with the the scene um said suggested that I self-publish it and then I thought yeah it can be out in like a month because it was already like really really ready and really good and I just it was like it was a real turning point like it was a moment in time where I just went of course and then I realized that a lot of my desire for the kudos of a traditional publisher was for that kudos and and not and and that came from uh, worries I'd I would have to get behind myself more, that I wasn't good enough. Uh, you know, like I wanted to prove to people that my book was good and that I was good and I thought that was how I'd do it, but I, I completely released that and I don't, I, I just genuinely don't believe that at all. But oh, it was painful for about eight months. <laughs> that is so, honestly, that is music to my ears because I feel like there's, I mean, there's so many different ways that you can publish. Like we're in a world where we have access to do anything, like no, no matter what kind of art you're doing, you're in a world where you have access to put yourself out there um, in any way that you want to. And if someone does want to be traditional published, amazing. They, they That avenue is there for you. But, you know, if it doesn't, if it's not something that opens up straight away, you, there's also many other avenues for other people as well. And I think that it's ingrained into us because it's only recent that the world's changed this way. That's like, oh, you need that person to like, you know, get through the gate to say you're good enough to like, and I feel like a lot of those, it's those exact thoughts of exactly what you said that a lot of us have that like hold us back from actually like putting your work out there and um it's amazing and even like a lot a lot of um traditional authors I've spoken to now are doing it hybrid because they're like okay no I want to own some of my own art as well I want to keep my own copyright I want to you know there's lots of different avenues for everything and there's no right or wrong way once you break down those limits that's right right yeah it's it's what it what it's like at the in modern publishing is like that's right there are many different avenues and I also sort of learned a bit I guess I learned that that they are looking or agents are looking for very specific things and like yeah unless you have a it could be easier if you have a very clear genre and um and this is this book is not that um so yeah I'm so happy and glad that I didn't do that and also I would have killed me I uh to have the my anything changed or especially about Lilith because I'm so it must be Lilith and it must stand in the my genuine truth of what the Lilith energy is, which is sacred. And I was like, imagine if like a commercially minded yes. publisher wanted to, uh, I simply wouldn't and couldn't. Um, I, so I'm, it was just such the right thing and I'm so glad. And you have to promote the heck out of your book anyway, even if you are, unless you're a massive author, you're still going to have to get behind yourself. They're only going to like do so much for you. So in the end, it just didn't um, didn't stack up, and I moved on happily. Yeah, <laughs> and now it's all yours, and it's exactly how you want yeah. it, and it's out in the world, which is absolutely amazing. Now I want to know: Can you please give us a little bit more of an overall synopsis of "I Am Lilith," but also tell listeners exactly who you wrote this for and who you want to see in this book in the hands? This book is. I'll start with that last yeah, yeah. part. 
is for mostly for women, but I have I would I love it when men read it, and I have had some really engaged men um, um, who have written to me about it. Um, it's about, but let's say mostly women yeah. who are aware that there is a shifting consciousness that goes way beyond just the normal like evolution or like you know in the sixties we had this, and you know in the Renaissance we had that. Those are all a part of it, but this is like a macro shift into a reunification of consciousness of us with our own souls back to the truth of uh, who we are. And that includes the unification of the feminine masculine, because of course they're one anyway. Mm -hmm. And uh, this sense it's for it's for them, us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say. So it's like a knowing and an, uh, a deep, like, it's yeah like a yearning to understand this these truths like almost yeah to have it explained in a way that's quite neat and tidy in a sense of yeah. like because I believe this model is absolutely correct and we it is changing it's almost like there's this divine paradox of uh, like those uh, many many people and souls who are really going uh elevating consciousness and and feeling called to that and those who will do I believe another cycle this cycle like I believe this is the cycle yeah. that's cool um that's cool like um but yeah it's for those with a, a deep depth of knowing that unity is the truth and that it is time to really go there yeah um the synopsis is that Lilith is the head of a female ruled world where they're just as nasty to men or to the masculine, as we saw in the shadow aspects of the last 6,000 years of the patriarchy. Mm. And that was another epiphany that happened because before writing this book and uh, discovering this uh, grand processional cross astrological model, because I am a, a fully qualified practicing astrologer for the last 12 years, mm. um, and I was very devastated about you know, about all the suffering. I was like really haunted by witch burnings and many aspects of suffering of the feminine and masculine. And I used to sort of think, oh, the feminine is so lovely and good and masculine is so mean. And then I, I just really had an epiphany of why would something that is one, as in feminine, masculine, why would one aspect be all sweet and light and the other capable, capable, because like obviously it's only an aspect of the masculine. Um, of doing things that are worse than the other part of the one they're one so it's like well the feminine in shadow is just as bad in her own way but it is expressed in a more feminine way so this world is not all evil but there's a lot of bad things that go on including that they strip men have no power or worth whatsoever mm -hmm. and they even um deliberately keep the lie that men don't even have any role in procreation and that that women uh, have babies like a tree bears fruit mm -hmm. um and are just really like you know they workers and yeah you know about it and um and women's sexuality fertility is just utter uh, menstruation everything is just revered and it's, it's so it's a fascinating world to write and to get into the space to write um, where the very concept that a woman would ever be remotely ashamed of anything whatsoever to do with her sexuality, let alone her bleeding or anything, is utterly unthinkable. It's like... <laughs> So well, even when you're reading it, you're reading it, you're like, it's th there's parts of it that's like, oh wow, like it really it confronts a lot of stuff in you in a in a beautiful way. Like it's yeah, hundred percent, yeah. Thank you.
Yeah. So this Lilith feels bad because her she was um, her twin brother um, was treated very badly because he was a boy, and uh, so she's got this inherent like part of her drive um, or her you know the what's the word in um, writing I should know, but you know like a, a driving urge that she's yeah, got yeah. for equality because she loves her brother and he was sent off to the mines and used as a slave, and she's sad about so she's sensitive to it and then she meets Adam and he's super hot and they've got incredible like uh uh, you know chemistry and she falls in love with him for the first love and then they sort of have all these wrestles with the feminine masculine and oh it, it does have some twists it does have a twist in it but the upshot is as we already know the masculine took over so um and that's sort of described through here and then yeah. Lilith's uh escape from um a rook after the the fall some and how she descends into shadow and madness in um the desert across to the red sea and then through yeah lifetimes it takes that big macro look at her spinning through some lifetimes at the end of the book to the happy ending which is that the unification and the knowing that the feminine masculine no one's on top they're one but we did play out the game. So that's, you know, yeah, we did. We all know it. We're all here. We're all like, we've played out the game of separation. But, yeah, it's yeah. time to come back to it. Yeah, and I, I love this conversation so much and it, it is getting louder and louder and louder for everyone. And I feel like anyone who's listening to that now who has had those goosebumps and they're just starting to feel like they're, you know, at, at that point where they want to like explore more than I am, Lilith, is a, is a beautiful story for that but I also love how you've spoken about this and you've said okay and this is like for any storyteller or any writer where it's like okay yep the feminine masculine actually is one and then I like because I always like thinking of light and I always like thinking of the light and dark in as one as well within like any yes, character and things like that and yeah. it's like it's actually all these things like good versus evil is one it's all mm. within that person and it's um that's one of my favorite things exploring in the in general story writing which I think is really beautiful so Thank you for your work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a pleasure. Thank you for understanding and being great to talk to you about that. No, yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> now, everyone needs to get their hands on Lilith if they are listening in and they are, sorry, I am Lilith, um, if they are listening in and they're like getting that those little goosebumps of like, okay, yep, I want to absolutely explore this. But I do want to ask you a couple of questions about general um, advice for up and coming writers who may feel like they're in your position, who are like, okay, yeah, I have this story that I feel like is mine. Because one thing I think about this too is it's very unique, which I think is a great thing. And I think it actually honestly needs to be more um, like, I don't accept it's not the right word, but it needs to be encouraged more where it's like you don't have to fit into a certain mould if you have a story that's coming through for you, it's meant to be coming through for you. And I think that's the beauty of art in general. And so how, what's some advice that you would pass on to an up-and-coming writer who's like, okay, cool, I don't know where I fit, but like, you know. Yeah, I would um, I absolutely agree with that. I would say don't try and fit because even if you try and fit, number one, it won't have the magic aliveness if it's not the fit that's right for you. Uh, and it doesn't probably won't even work anyway, like as in like you won't fit anyway. Um, it's like Bohemian Rhapsody. I just, that was like a song I just kept hearing. Like I felt like it was a message when I was like writing I Am Lilith too because I was thinking, well, what is it? Is it metaphysical fantasy? Is it epic fantasy? Is it like historical, 
literature like what is it and I was like no it's just it's like Bohemian Rhapsody it's just all kinds of things and it's and yeah so I'm and also just as an astrologer I also have to say like we've now entered the age of Aquarius it is Mm. super avant-garde it's super unusual quirky progressive and it's all about being unique and you can just even saying it I can just feel the goosebumps pick up because uh, it's just the consciousness is about this unorthodox and and yeah yeah even following I mean I I do believe in the basic structure of story yeah you know we're looking for you know your climax and 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 those basic fundamentals I do believe in but in terms of yeah I definitely think it's all about doing something different and I also believe very much in well I'm just big on to meditation and prayer so like what have I got to say like that's actually a unique mm. thing that I, I very much believe in the soul the souls have incarnated for a reason if someone's called to write then they have something to say and it might be a, it might be something that it's it, it would be unique to them and it's something special that only that that person can write so I think that that consciousness responds to that call what have I got to say or yeah yes oh my god just pick up those messages and then you go oh my god goosebumps oh my god I just watched that documentary gave me an idea and it's it's alive it's like it's just such an alive like having an idea that's aligned with what your soul's truth and expression desires are has a completely different energy to cooking up you know something yeah, um, like forcing something or writing to market. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep, yep. It's like if you're given. If, I'm not. I can't remember who it was. Like you said something so good just then, but it was like, you know, <laughs> it's if writing is your form, you've got something to say. Like it's your form of communication, and that's your story and and thing to share with the world. Which I, you know, we we're in a place where we don't have any limitations and it's time None. to go for it. Yeah. yeah, it's time to go for it. So yeah, yeah. I, I shake it up, just get it out. <laughs> Um, I have absolutely loved talking to you Melanie now can you please share with our audience where they can get in touch with you where they can find you um, where they can find your book and everything else (laughs) my website is the best um, place because you can find everything from there so it's melaniedufty.com and Dufty is not Duffy but Dufty (laughs) D-U-F for Tom Y (laughs) <laughs> I always get Melanie Duffy, but yeah. And uh, you can get the book anywhere online, of course, and um, links are on my site as well and more information. Yeah. Excellent. I'll make sure that all that goes in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Olivia.